right. All rise, please, and face the east for the Morris American Prayer. We stand facing the east with our heels together, feet at a 45-degree angle and holding up two fingers on the right and five on the left. Repeat after me. Allah, the Father of the Universe, the Father of Love, Truth, Peace, Freedom, and Justice. Allah is my protector, my guide, and my salvation. By night and by day, through his holy prophet, Drew Ali. Amen. Islam, one announced that this meeting is now open. This is Morris Science Temple of America, Muslim Mission 30, Columbus, Ohio. First and foremost, we always rise, giving the highest praise to the Most High, our Father God, Allah. We stand on our divine prophet, Noble Drew Ali, for bringing us our divine creed and nationality so that we may learn to love instead of hate. We extend honors to the forerunner to the prophet, our brother Marcus Mosiah Garvey, for preparing the way for purity and love. We extend honors to all the Adef sheiks and all the faithful Moors that make up the grand body of the Moorish divine and national movement. We extend honors to our, the first appointed Supreme Grand Sheik, appointed by our prophet, and that's our brother E. Millie Ill. We extend honors to the current Supreme Grand Sheik and Grand Council of the Moorish Science Temple of America. And honors to all the faithful Muslims here on this call. Islam, Brother Jackson Bay, would you please read our divine constitution and bylaws? Islam, Grand Sheik, I rise giving perfect praise to Allah, honors to the prophets, Raleigh, honors to our forefathers and foremothers, and honors to the Asiatic nations and the Muslims all over the world. Salvation, Allah, unity, the Moorish Science Temple of America the divine constitution and bylaws. Act one, the grand sheik and the chairman of the Morris Science Temple of America is empowered to make law and enforce law with the assistance of the prophet and the grand body of the Morris Science Temple of America. The assistant grand sheik is to assist the grand sheik in all affairs if he lives according to love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice. And it is known before the members of the Morris Science Temple of America. Act two, all means are to be open and closed properly according to circle seven in love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice. Friday is our holy day of rest because on a Friday, the first man was formed in flesh. And on a Friday, the first man departed out of flesh and ascended unto his father, God, Allah. For that cause, Friday is the holy day for all Muslims all over the world. Act three, love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice must be proclaimed and practiced by all members of the Morris Science Temple of America. No member is to put, no member is to put in danger or accuse falsely his brother or sister on any occasion at all that may harm his brother or sister, because a lie is love. Act four: All members must preserve these holy and divine laws, and all members must obey the laws of the government, because by being a Morris American, you are part and partial of the government and must live a life accordingly. Act five. This organization of the Morris Science Temple of America is not to cause any confusion or to overthrow the laws and constitution of the said government, but to obey hereby. Act six, with us, all members must proclaim their nationality, and we are teaching our people their nationality and their divine creed, 
that they may know that they are part and partial of this said government and know that they are not Negroes, colored folks, black people, or Ethiopians, because these names were given to slaves by slaveholders in 1779 and lasted until 1865 during the time of slavery. But this is a new era of time now, and all men now must proclaim their free national names to be recognized by the government in which they live and the nations of the earth. This is the reason why a lot of great God of the universe ordained Noah Ali, the prophet, to redeem his people from their sinful ways. The Moorish Americans are the descendants of the ancient Moabites who inhabited the northwestern and southwestern shores of Africa. Act 7, all members must promptly attend their meetings and become part and partial of all uplifting acts of the Moorish Science Temple of America. Members must pay their dues and keep in line with all necessities of the Moorish Science Temple of America. Then you are entitled to the name of faithful. Husband, you must support your wife and children. Wife, you must obey your husband take, and take care of your children and look after the duties of your household. Sons and daughters must obey father and mother and be industrious and become part of the uplifting of fallen humanity. All Moorish Americans must keep their hearts and minds pure with love and their bodies clean with water. This divine covenant is from your holy prophet, Noble Jurali, through the guidance of his father, God Allah. Noble Jurali, founder, Moorish American prayer, Allah, the father of the universe, the father of love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice. Allah is my protector, my guide, and my salvation by night and by day. Through his holy prophets, Raleigh. Amen. The Morris Science Temple of America, Home Office of Noble Jurali, Home Office, Chicago, Illinois, USA. Islam, Islam, Islamism, peace and love, Master. Islamism and gratitude, brother. Uh, brother Kobe, would you please read our writs? Islam, Grand Sheikh, I rise to give perfect praise to our great God, Allah. Rise give honors to our prophet, noble Drew Ali. Rise give honors to our forerunner, Marcus Messiah Garvey, the harbinger. Rise give honors to all ills and bays. Rise give honors to all Muslims on the call and all Muslims on the planet. Excuse me. Prophet warns all Muslims to be read in every meeting. I hereby inform all members they must end all radical speeches while at work, in their homes, and on the streets. We are for peace and not destruction. Stop flashing your cards to Europeans and causes confusion. Remember, your card is for your salvation. Failure to obey these orders will be a severe consequence. We are for love, truth, peace, freedom. And when these principles are violated, justice must then take its course. Any member or group of members who hold malicious feelings towards the temple or the prophet or violate the divine covenant of the Moorish movement will receive their rewards from Allah for their unjust deeds. All true Moors will and must obey the law laid down to them by their prophet. If they lose confidence in their prophet, they should turn in their card and button, cease wearing their turban and fez, and return to the state where I, the prophet, found them. It's a holy and divine movement founded by the prophet, noble Jew Ali, and if the prophet is not right, the temple is not right. The prophet, therefore, is sending out a divine plea to all Moorish Americans. They do their part in protecting the prophet and the temple. It is an everlasting movement founded by the prophet through the will of Allah to redeem his people from their sinful ways. Peace, noble Jew Ali. To the members of the Moorish Science Temple of America, Islam, this is instructions from your prophet, Noble Jew Ali. 
Be faithful to your forefather, divine and national creed, that you will be blessed for your good deeds that you sow in the flesh. Allah is the one that judges the world, and his judgment is on now, but the weak can comprehend it not. The end of times are drawing near, so says Allah to his divine prophet, I know but you Ali, and that is why many hearts have turned to stone, many have eyes to see, but cannot see, ears to hear, but cannot hear, least they'll be confounded of their sins. These are the trying hours now, dear Moors, and every evil spirit is moving, and they are trying every weak mind to overthrow and drag out the true foundation that has been laid, and to cause confusion in the minds of the ones that do believe. But if you have the true love of Allah and the spirit of your forefathers, you fear not what you hear or see, but will sacrifice the utmost of your enemies, dear moral prophet, and ridicule him to the very lowest, your divine and natural principles of your temples. Act accordingly, and Allah will bless you for your good work. Peace, your divine. To the members of the Moral Science Temple of America, Islam, this is instructions from your prophet, Noble Drew Ali. Be faithful to your forefather, divine and national creed, that you will be blessed for your good deeds that you sow in the flesh. Allah is the one that judges the world, and his judgment is on now. But the weak, can, oh, excuse me, Morrison. Islam, that is the one. To the members of the Moorish Science Temple of America, Islam, this is instructions from your prophet, Noble Jew Ali. Be faithful to your forefather, divine and national creed, that you will be blessed for your good deeds that you saw in the flesh. Allah is the one that judges the world, and his judgment is on now, but the weak can comprehend it not. Then the times are drawing near, so says Allah to his divine prophet, I Noble Jew Ali. Excuse me, Morris. I'm missing one. On here, Islam more. Did I see? Did I read all three? I was going off on my phone. Did I read all three more? Islam, brother. Gratitude. Islam. Islamism. All right, gratitude. Uh, Sister Lachey, would you please read our additional laws? Islam. I rise to give our praise to the great Father God, Allah. Honors to the Holy Prophet, Noble Jewelry. Honors to the forerunner, Marcus Messiah Garvey. Honors to all Muslims on the call and all Muslims around the world. Questionary and additional laws for the Moorish Americans by the Prophet, Noble Jewelry. Act 1. Grand Sheiks and Governors and Heads of All Temple, All Business. Each said temple must be approved by the Prophet, Noble Jewelry. Before acting upon by any members, let it be finance, property, or any line of life that will cause the members to sacrifice finance, ETC, that will cause the support of any group of members. Any formal officer that violates these laws is subject to, re to be removed from under, I'm sorry, to be removed from his office under a heavy restriction, ETC, by the profit or the grant sheet. Act 2. All members are to attend the ADEP meetings and their public meetings promptly. 
If a member is found standing around on their meeting period, she'll be fined 50 cents on the first case. And on the second, he will be fined $1, which will go on your emergency fund. If member is working, his monthly dues must be paid. And if he has money in the bank, he must subscribe for as much as he is able to the more uplifting funds because it takes finance to uplift the nation. Act three, it is the lawful and divine duty of every good member if he is able in finance to aid me in saving the nation. And if he does not, he is an enemy to the cause of uplifting his own people and justice must catch him. Let it be he or she according to love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice as I have the power invested in my hands and I will have to enforce the law in order to save the nation. Act four, all members while up making a public speech must not use any assertion against the American flag or speak radical against the church or any member of any organized group because we're to teach love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice. Act five, all members must promptly attend their meetings and send their children to Sunday school and the teacher must confirm itself to the questionnaire and let every member exercise five senses who is able to do so because out of your Sunday school comes the guiders of the nation. Act six, with us, all members must proclaim their nationality and we're teaching our people their nationality and their divine creed that they may know that they are a part and parcel of this said government and know that they are not Negroes, color folks, black people, or Ethiopians because these names were given to slaves by slaveholders in 1779 and lasted until 1865 during the time of slavery. But this is a new era of time now. And all men now must proclaim their free national name to be recognized by the government in which they live in the nations of the earth. This is the reason why Allah, the great God of the universe, ordained Noble Juali, the prophet, to redeem his people from their sinful ways. The Moorish Americans are the descendants of the ancient Moabites who inhabited the northwestern and southwestern shores of Africa. Act 7. All members must promptly attend their meetings and become a part and impartial of all uplifting acts of the Moorish Science Temple. Members must pay their dues and keep in mind with all necessities of the Moorish Science Temple. Then you're entitled to the name of faithful. Husband, you must support your wife and children. Wife, you must obey your husband and take care of your children and look after the duties of your household. Sons and daughters must obey father and mother. I'm part of the uplifting of fallen humanity. All Moorish Americans must keep their hearts and minds filled with love and their bodies clean with water. This divine covenant is from your holy prophet, Noble Jurali, through the guidance of his father God, Allah. Islam, peace and love. Islam and gratitude, sister. A divine warning by the prophet for the nations. The citizens of all free national governments, according to their national constitution, are all of one family bearing one free national name. Those who fail to recognize the free national name of their constitutional government are classed as undesirables and are subject to all inferior names and abuses 
and mistreatments that the citizens care to bestow upon them. And it is a sin for any group of people to violate the national constitutional laws of a free national government and cling to the names and the principles that delude to slavery. I, the prophet, was prepared by the great God Allah to warn my people to resent, repent from their sinful ways and go back to the state of mind to their forefathers' divine and national principles that they will be law abiders and receive their divine rights as citizens according to the free national constitution that was prepared for all free national beings. They are to claim their own free national name and religion. There is but one issue for them to be recognized by this government and of the earth, and it comes only through the connection of the Moorish Divine National Movement, which is incorporated in this government and recognized by all other nations of the world. And through it, they and their children can receive their divine rights unmolested by other citizens that they can cast a free national ballot at the polls under the free national constitution of the state's government and not under a granted privilege as has been the existing condition for many generations. You who doubt whether I the prophet and my principles are right for the redemption of my people, go to those that know the law in the city hall and among the officials in your government and ask them under an intelligent tone and they will be glad to render you a favorable reply for they are glad to see me bring you out of darkness into light. Money doesn't make the man it is free national standards and power that makes a man and a nation. The wealth of all national governments, gold and silver, and commerce belong to, do, to the citizens alone, and without your national citizenship by name and principles, you have no true wealth. And I am hereby calling on all true citizens that stand for a free na national free government and the enforcement of the Constitution to help me in my great missionary work because I need all support from all true American citizens of the United States of America. Help me to save my people who have fallen from the constitutional laws of the government. I am depending on your support to get them back to the constitutional fold again, that they will learn to love instead of hate, and will live according to love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice, supporting our free national constitution of the United States of America. I love my people, and I desire their unity and mine back to their own free national and divine standard because day by day they have been violating the national and constitutional laws of their government by claiming names and principles that are unconstitutional. If Italians, Greeks, English, Chinese, Japanese, Turks, and Arabians are forced to proclaim their free national name and religion before the constitutional government of the United States of America, it is no more than right that the law should be enforced upon all other American citizens alike. In all other governments, when a man is born and raised there and asks for his national descent name, and if he fails to give it, he is misused, imprisoned, or exiled. Any group of people that fail to answer up to the constitutional standards of law by name and principles, because to be a citizen of any government, you must claim your national descent name because they place their trust upon issue and names formed by their forefathers. The word Negro deludes in the Latin language to the word nigger, the same as the word colored deludes to anything that is painted, varnished, and dyed. <clears throat> and every nation must bear a national descent name of their forefathers, because honoring thy fathers and thy mothers, your days will be lengthened upon this earth. These names have never been recognized by any true American citizens of this day. 
Through your free national name, you are known and recognized by all nations of the earth that are recognized by said national government in which they live. The 14th and 15th Amendments brought the North and South in unit, placing the Southerners who were at that time without power with the constitutional body of power. And at that time, 1865, the free national constitutional law that was enforced since 1774 declared all men equal and free. And if all men are declared by the free national constitution to be free and equal, since that constitution has never been changed, there is no need for the application of the 14th and 15th amendments for the salvation of our people and citizens. So there isn't but one supreme issue for my people to use to redeem that which was lost, and that is through the above statements. Then the lion and the lamb can lie down together in yonder hills, and neither will be harmed because love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice will be reigning in this land. In those days, the United States will be one of the greatest civilized and prosperous governments of the world. But if the above principles are not carried out by the citizens and my people in this government, the worst is yet to come. Because the great God of the universe is not pleased with the works that are being performed in North America by my people, and this great sin must be removed from the land to save it from enormous earthquakes, diseases, etc. And I, the prophet, do herein believe that this administration of the government being more wisely prepared by more genius citizens that believe in their free national constitution and laws, and through the help of such classes of citizens, I, the prophet, truly believe that my people will find the true and divine way of their forefathers and learn to stop serving carnal customs and merely ideas of men that have never done them any good, but have always harmed them. So I, the prophet, am hereby calling aloud with the divine plea to all true American citizens to help me to remove this great sin which has been committed and is being practiced by my people in the United States of America because they know it is not the true and divine way. And without understanding, they have fallen from the true light into utter darkness of sin, and there is not a nation on earth today that will recognize them socially, religiously, politically, or economically, ETC, in their present condition of their endeavorment in which they themselves try to force upon a civilized world. They will not refrain from their sinful ways of action, and their deeds have brought Jim Crowism, segregation, and everything that brings harm to human beings on earth, and they fought the Southerner for all these great misuses. But I have traveled in the South and have examined conditions there, and it is the works of my people continuously practicing the things which bring dishonor, disgrace, and disrespect to any nation that lives the life. And I'm hereby calling on all true American citizens for moral support and finance to help me in my great missionary work to bring my people out of darkness into marvelous light. From the Prophet. All right, Islam Moors, let's, um, today let's, let's go into our Quran questionnaire. We're going to be uh, speaking about questions 50 through 60. All right, Islam, sister, uh, gratitude for sharing your information in the chat. Okay, so um, yeah, in the Quran questionnaire, we'll be going over questions 50 through 60. As we do this, um, if anything comes to mind, um, if you notice anything, want to demonstrate, feel free to speak up. And then, of course, um, once we go over the questions, we'll open the floor to questions in general. Make sure that you you answer. I mean, ask any questions you have or anything that you would like to share and demonstrate on, because um, it's not just for us. 
also other members, and then some of the other Moors that will see this maybe later on, possibly as well, so that we can all learn. All right. So um, as I said, we're going to go over questions 50, uh, 50 through 60, and feel free to speak up if you want to demonstrate, and then we will also go over these questions. Okay, 50, what other name do we give to truth? Holy breath. What have you to say about the holy breath? All we can say is it is great, it is good, it was, it is, and evermore to be. Amen. At what place on earth was the physical part of man formed? In the Garden of Eden. You know what? We're going to... We're going to pull up the uh, metaphysical Bible dictionary, too, so that we can get some more understanding on what's really being said here. Okay. Um, Just real briefly, though, I do advise everybody to eventually to get one of these, get a copy of this, uh, the Charles Fillmore metaphysical uh, Bible dictionary is really good um no i'm gonna i'm gonna share that amazon link with you because uh i got a brand new one and it was only probably like twenty dollars and it's huge hardcover and um it's really good to have this because of course you just um you can you can see the spiritual meaning behind the scriptures Right. When you're when you're reading about, you know, David slaying Goliath, he slings a rock at him, hits him between his third eye, you know, to slay him. Like this isn't talking about a person, you know, really slaying a giant. Right. So there's way more to it than that. And that's just how it goes across the board. And so if we're not looking deeper, we don't really know what's being discussed. Give you another example. You may hear some people who are, um, you know, who have problems with the Bible, for example, say something like, well, in the Bible, it says slavery is all right. Or they'll say, like, it's okay to beat your wife or something like that. And it's like, well, yeah, I I could feel you getting upset about that, but you don't know what it's really talking about, do you? Right? You don't really know what's being said here. So... You don't understand what that is really talking about and you're not getting anything from it. Okay. That's, that's the message for the profane. But as Moorish Americans, as Moorish American Muslims, we don't want to be the profane, right? We want to really understand what's going on, what's really being taught to us. So yeah, let me share this link. Oh yeah. Okay. I just found it. It's only $27.99. Free shipping. Hardcover. This thing has like almost a thousand pages. So I put that link in the chat. I definitely advise getting one. Okay, and um, let's get back into this. Just wanted to share that real briefly. Okay, so um, you know we'll we'll come back to that 
you know, with the Garden of Eden and everything, we'll come back to that. Let's go ahead and get through the questions first. Okay, uh, where is the Garden of Eden? In the land of Canaan, in the city of Mecca. What is the modern name for the Garden of Eden? Mecca. What is the name of the first physical man? His name is not, cannot be used only by executive rulers of the AC of the MST of A. What are the words of AC of the MST of A? ADEP chamber of the Morris Science Temple of America and in parentheses, third heaven. Who were Adam and Eve? They are, it asks in past tense, who were Adam and Eve? Then it answers in present tense. They are the mothers and fathers of the human family, Asiatics and Muslims. Where did they go? They went into Asia. What is the modern name given to their children, Asiatics? Who is guarding the holy city of Mecca to keep the unbelievers away? Angels. Okay, so um, just going back up to the top, we have, uh, we're speaking about the holy breath, right? So this is one of the names for truth. Going back up um, to 47 or 46, what did Jesus say would make you free? Truth. What is truth? Truth is ought. Ought means everything. So truth is everything. What is ought? Ought is a lie. Everything is a lie, right? A lie is omnipotent and omnipresent, right? Meaning everywhere. It's everywhere. Can truth change? Truth cannot change or pass away. What other name do we give to truth? Holy breath. What have you to say about the holy breath? All we can say is it is good. It is great. It is good. It was, it is, and evermore to be. Amen. Okay, so what is holy breath? What, what's being discussed here? Um, and then, feel, you know, if anyone wants to jump in, feel free to. Let's go to chapter 37 of our Quran. Okay, so... We go to chapter 37, the Holy Quran of the Morris Science Temple of America, from the prophet, the breath of heaven, right? So we're specifically um, speaking about the holy breath in him, all right? And in this chapter, it says, as the breath of heaven saith unto the waters of the deep, this way shall thy billows roll and no other, thus high and no higher. Shall they raise their fury? This is what the breath of heaven saith unto the waters of the deep. So let thy spirit, O man, actuate and direct thy flesh. All right. So looking at this, um, you can see like the, the spirit, okay? The spirit and the breath, the holy breath, they're both synonymous, Okay. Right. It, it has the power over the elements and then also to actuate and direct thy flesh. So it's synonymous with spirit. Okay. Um, 
in this, in how it's used in chapter 37, breath of heaven, that means the spirit of Allah, spirit of God. All right, and this, that's the comparison that you can take from that um, that chapter, the, breath, the holy breath, and that's spirit. And then as far as we're concerned, the spirit of Allah in us, spirit man, right? That's the holy breath. So if Allah breathed in you, you know, like in the Bible, they tell you he breathed into the nostrils in, of the clay, right? He breathed into the nostrils of the clay. I see you, Brother Jackson, but I want to share one more thing too. First. So he, he just breathed into the nostrils of something that's formed out of clay. And as he breathed into it, right, if this is the spirit, then this is how he incarnated into this thing. All right. And so this isn't something that um, people would commonly, you know, refer to with Islam. This would, you know, this is this is um, this understanding is being returned to us. This is something that's ancient. I'll get right back to it, though. Um, Jackson Bay Islam, brother, I yield the floor. Islam. Uh, hold on. Islam. I was just gonna ask. Um, another thing. When the holy breath, I wanted to ask a question. Uh, why did Jesus refer to the holy breath as she? And I was looking for the verse that he had um actually said it. Um, I'm looking for it right now, but you know which verse I'm talking about. Why would Jesus refer to the holy breath as he? Um, I'm looking for it. Looking for it right now. Um, okay. And who else also it what other element is referred yeah, to as the chief? Uh the higher the higher self. I was gonna read it right here. I, I found it. It's chapter uh the resurrection of Jesus it says when she the holy breath shall fill the earth with air with holy with the earth and her air with holy breath and open up the ways of men to perfect perfect perfectness and endless life. Islam. Islam. And yeah, to yeah, because you said the higher self so the holy breath and the higher self is synonymous, Islam. Uh, I'm asking a question. Islam, so you you actually answered the question. Right when when you um um see how the higher self is also equated with that feminine principle as well, right? And so the holy breath is spirit, man, and it is the higher self within us, right? And so both of these things are now as to why it's given the feminine principle, um. You know, um, I might get in trouble if I try to um, try to answer why it's given a feminine principle. I'll just say um, I, I don't have the answer to that, but um, we we can see though that the holy breath, all right, is spirit, man, right, and it's the higher self as well. These are both given that feminine aspect. Now, as to why, I mean, maybe um, as far as it is um, within us, within the physical realm, it's untamed. You know. Islam. Uh, I was reading. I'm reading this book, Spiritual Gems of Islam. Um, it's by a Sufi, um, and I, I, it's funny because he said the um, opening lines, the Bismillah um, Rahman Rahim. 
uh, the Rahim in there, I think he was correlating that to meaning the womb. I think if you translate it back, the RHM back into the Aramaic or the um, the Aramaic or the uh, the Hebrew or whatever, meaning the womb and seeing how we're spirit man and the birth aspect, you know what I mean? The holy breath being effeminate, the holy breath, the, you know, on this holy being on the same level as Allah or Father God Allah, maybe that's just showing the, uh, the, uh, the another attribute of Allah as far as since we're spirit men and we're not the flesh nor the soul, right? That that that's that's what it's correlating. I don't know. I'm just throwing that around. Islam. Islam, brother. Islam. Um, one thing too. Um, you know, sorry, I don't have an answer as to why it's it's given a feminine principle, but we we have to do some study on that. But I do um want to share something from um since we are to confirm or um to confirm ourselves to the questionnaire, we want to show the validity of what the prophet brought to us. I think a lot of Moors um, misunderstand this to mean that they are confined to the Quran questionnaire and, and to the Quran, right? We know that we're not confined. We understand the difference between confirm and confine. We spoke about that last Friday too. We want to show the proof because when you confirm something, you show the authenticity, you, you show further proof. So um, I wanted to share this book from Dr. Wesley Muhammad. This is, um, just want to read a couple excerpts from this uh, Egyptian sacred science in Islam, right? Just going back to the whole thing with the holy breath, right? So in, in the Bible, you know, and um, it, it says that, that God breathed into their nostrils, right? And then they, be, they, um, they became alive, right? Before that, it was just clay. They were just clay. So um, to gain some understanding on that, um, this is a really interesting book because it shows um, how Islam, at least how we practice it, and how, how it was practiced before it became kind of, um, um, I don't want to be disrespectful, but as the religion was changed after the Prophet Muhammad, okay, it, it, it became kind of unrecognizable to what it would have been in the prophet's time when he was actually here, okay? But as originally intended, okay, the wording, the wording that was in the Quran, right, the way things are worded, even in the scriptures in the Bible, very similar to what our ancestors would have been practicing in Egypt, right? As, as this book says, Egyptian sacred science, and so even with that breathing into the nostrils, some of us may have heard about the, um, the rituals that the ancients did when um, someone passed away. They would, um, they would uh, remove the brain and things through the nostrils, right? They have this ritual of doing the opposite of what happened when we're incarnated, okay? But there's a reason why I'm looking for a specific part in here. Um, actually, in this book, um, just in, in my words, uh, the brothers showing how, from an ancient Egyptian perspective, there is an understanding that once that breath enters into an object, right, God, the the you know the Creator is able to incarnate into that. Okay, and this is still um, in alignment with the whole concept of the holy breath. And I want to I want to share just in particular. I'm looking for this. 
Uh, bear with me, Morris. <laughs> Don't want to take too much time, but um, if I can't find it, maybe we can just revisit this some other time. But um, you see this in so many instances within the ancient culture. For those who didn't really understand where they were coming from, they would have just thought that they these people were idol worshipers, right? Because they would create a little statue or something that was um, in reverence to the Netiru, right? The Netir, the Egyptian gods, okay? And they also thought that they were polytheists, white right? Ra, when in reality, the ancient Egyptians, as it says here, were monotheists. They believed in the supreme God, okay? However, they also knew that God took on several forms, okay? And um, one of the things that they had an understanding of was that even with, you know, an arcane, uh, uh, with, um, with um, a regular everyday object, you know, just something that they made out of clay, for example, right? That they could make this in reverence to these, these higher deities and call on them like to incarnate into this okay to to express themselves through that deity this was an understanding that they had right something that we still don't understand to this day okay and this also goes into the same understanding with the breathing into the nostrils now we know that that breathing into the nostrils that's the holy breath that's the spirit okay the creator we're, we're given the story, since we were speaking about the Garden of Eden, we're given the story that um, God created everything and then rested on the sixth day, right? Um, before that, though, of course, he, he breathed into these, these clay statues that he, he had created, you know, to resemble a, a, what we resemble man, but it wasn't animated, wasn't alive. He breathed into it. He, he fell asleep and he never woke up. It never says he woke up because he woke up as his own creation. All right. So the story is actually still being told. It's still being written. It's like that movie, the never ending story where, where the character, the main character who's reading this story, he doesn't realize that he's a part of the story. And at the end of the movie, the only way that he can save the, the day, save the kingdom, become the hero, the Heru, is to realize, right, that he's in the story. This is his story. In other words, he has to wake up. Okay, so we're all in this, this, same, um, this same pattern. It, it applies to all of us. Um, I wish I, you know, I, I should have bookmarked that section. <laughs> but um i don't have it so i'm just gonna keep moving on um okay well may maybe i maybe this is it right here i want to take up too much time morris no okay so yeah i'm just gonna keep it moving but um maybe we can revisit that another time just wanted to share that with you though because this is actually an ancient understanding and what the prophet is returning to us, even within our Quran questionnaires, which may seem very simple um, within the Holy Quran, this is returning us to an ancient way of thought, a way of thought, which has been downplayed, which has been distorted and even um, changed. 
okay? Um, even left out of Islam as was returned to us, as was, was originally brought to the people, okay? So the prophet returned us to an ancient way of thinking. That's why he's saying this is the old time religion, right? He wasn't just saying that just to be saying something, okay? Um, let's go back into the uh, questionnaire. All right. And so we understand that the holy breath, this is the spirit. Okay. The spirit, um, just like truth, it cannot change or pass away. So when the body dies, the physical part of us dies. The spirit can't change or pass away because it is a law in man. In other words, the holy breath. Okay. The creator went to sleep and became his creation. Now, there was a desire to experience the creation from the perspective of something that it created. Okay. And let's, let's actually go and look and see what this is really talking about with the Garden of Eden, because it's saying at what place on earth was the physical part of man formed. I forgot what it says in there in the uh the metaphysical bible dictionary. Let's let's see what it's what it's talking about. So just yeah, once again, I I um recommend everybody to check that out. Um this isn't the definition of um of the garden of eden but it is speaking about adam just saying if the ego or will which is man has adhered adhered to wisdom faithfully and carried out work in its plans that are idealized in wisdom it has created a harmonious consciousness adam in the garden of eden is symbolic of that consciousness this is still containing spiritual illumination not being completely um completely lulled to sleep right so in the in the biblical story you get the you know god goes to sleep they don't tell you that he woke up as as his creation because you can't tell people everything right we have to come to this understanding so he wakes up as his creation and they say adam and eve but we understand that these are people not a you know this is not a man and a woman right these are people beings and even maybe even different types of beings because in here it says who were adam and eve they are the the, it doesn't say they're the mother and father of the human family it says they are the mothers plural and fathers plural of the human family okay so you know like i was saying earlier someone will get this from a mundane perspective thinking they're smart like oh you can't create humans by taking a rib from a man you know they'll get on that thing and they're smart like oh you know it's women men you know people come from women and it's like this is not what it's talking about because first off it's not talking about adam being the first man he was walking around alone on the planet by himself it's not even talking about that right so adam were was a people was a tribe of people that weren't purely physical yet they had the physical bodies, but they weren't purely physical. Um, this what just what we read without even getting to the definition of Garden of Eden. We see that Adam in the Garden of Eden represents 
that um, harmonious consciousness. So still having that spiritual illumination, still being one with the higher self. Okay, still vibrating higher. So it's not purely physical, not purely physical. And, and then this creation of Eve of from the rib, we would have to look and see what the rib, what that really symbolizes, because we know that it's not, it's not some man take his rib and throw it on the ground and now you have a woman. No, because Eve isn't a woman. This is a group of people. All right. That's how come there were already people in the world besides them. Okay. All right. And as they began to stray away from the path, they began to procreate, meaning they, you know, they ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. What is, what was that? This is the carnal knowledge. The body, the carnal knowledge, it has knowledge of how to create humans through um, sex, through procreation. So once they began doing that, you know, they're creating beings who are now even more stuck in the physical realm. All right. In the, you know, where the body's consciousness, the, the, the lower self is even stronger. Okay. And this began the, 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 um, the turmoil that we have to work over now to uncover who we truly are, because even though, you know, most of us walking around, just think we're the body, and we're so stuck in the lower self-consciousness that we're not even thinking on a higher level, Allah is still within us, right? We still all have that breath of heaven. The spirit of God is still in you sleep. Even the most vile and corrupt person, they still have that same, um, ultimately that same um, goal of us is to wake up, realize it everyone is ultimately to become the Christ. It's not just, you know, that's, that's one of the things with uh, religion. It, it's been distorted from a human perspective. So with, you know, within the Christian um, church, how things are taught to us, um, they just hold Christ up there, right? Like he's, he's the son of God, but we're all to become the Christ. Each and every one of us. That's also why, Jesus would have been with the with the criminals. He's hanging out with prostitutes, criminals, right? He's hanging out with these people, crooks. They we all have the same path, ultimately, right? We may not all go the same way to get there, of course, but ultimately we all have that same goal. Maybe not the same path, but the same goal. All right. And uh Let's, well, uh, you know, while we're here, though, we do have a definition for Asia. And um, it's, let's get back to that. Hang on. Okay, so um, still looking for that, that Garden of Eden definition, but just right here for Asia. It says all religions had their first impetus in Asia. Asia, therefore, must signify the inner, the spiritual and individual consciousness wherein lay the beginning of man's conscious existence and wherein lies the dawn or rise of the light and wisdom of his new day of spiritual understanding and realization. 
Okay, and um, still, uh, let's let's go to trying to get the actual um, definition in here for Garden of Eden. Um, for the person who just joined, uh, it says Mecca L. Please let us know where you're located, and also please share your phone number and email. Okay, we're almost there. Okay, here we go. All right, finally, we have the definition for Garden of Eden. It says, represents a region of being in which all provided, in which are provided all primal ideas for the production of the beautiful, the elemental life and intelligence placed at the disposal of man through which he is to evolve. Man's body is the outer expression of the Garden of Eden. God gave it to man to dress it and to keep it. That's in Genesis 2, verse 15. Um, just once again, want to say, uh, person who just joined, Mecca L, please let us know where you are. Okay. Uh, please let us know where you're calling from, your location, and your uh, email and phone number. Okay. And um, please share your phone number and email. Okay, going back here, man's primary work in the earth consciousness is to use his creative power to preserve harmony and order in this world and conserve his powers for divine direction. Islam. Okay, gratitude. And we read in there earlier too, you know, as far as speaking in Genesis with Adam, the Garden of Eden basically represents... um, spiritual illumination right having harmonious consciousness okay so we're speaking about um having not fully fallen yet not fully human yet or what we would think of traditionally as human All right, Islam. So we may not necessarily, um, it says at what place on earth was the physical part of man formed. That may sound like you're asking what physical place on earth, right? Especially since we're given locations, but we have to know that even these names, Canaan, Mecca, have other meaning. So that's why I was looking for the metaphysical meaning Because even though it says at what place on earth was the physical part of man formed in the Garden of Eden, we want to know what what this is talking about symbolically. Okay, what does Canaan mean? What does Mecca really mean? All right. And then if we understand it, this um, if we look at it from that perspective of of having this harmonious consciousness still being. aware of the higher self in in you in union with the higher self this is why in in the bible then adam is walking and talking with god right he's talking with allah right because they're one they're unified but then things start to slow down the vibration starts to slow down now can't just talk 
to the creator. Now you have to start doing rituals. Then it, it got to the point where they the 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 next generation they have to they have to sacrifice, burn something on an offering, right? Have to do all these elaborate rituals to try to union to try to communicate with something that is within each and every one of us. Where does it say is the nearest place we can meet a lot? The nearest place we can meet a lot. It's in the heart. And this is um, not necessarily, I always say this is not necessarily talking about your physical heart, but this is just letting us all know that it's within us. Everyone has that. You know, if you ask me, this is why I say it's, it's pertinent that we all understand the importance of opening our own third eye. Okay? We all have this connection with the higher self. And we don't have to go through anyone else. We don't have to go through a bunch of elaborate rituals. We don't even have to, um, and I'm not knocking people that take psychedelics and mushrooms and all of these things. I'm not knocking it. But we don't even have to do that. We don't have to. We can go straight to the um, creator. We can go straight to Allah, right? What's the nearest place? We can meet a lot in the heart. So this means it's within. Just letting us know what direction to look. Look within. Don't look out there because it's in your heart. It's in every one of us. Okay? And so at first, right, this is letting you know because we know Adam and Eve, these weren't a, this wasn't a couple. These were people, right? It says Adam and Eve, mothers and fathers, right? Plural. So even though it doesn't say Adams and Eves, it says who were they? Then it reveals that little thing that goes over a lot of people's head. Mothers, plural. Fathers, plural. Right? So Adam, these were people. Eve, these were people, right, of the human family. And then at one point, they weren't purely physical. They were in unison with the higher self, meaning walking and talking with the law. Right, but it's almost like with each generation, it got further and further away. Okay, but at the same time, those are our mothers and fathers. Okay, because it says, What is the modern name given to their children? Asiatics. Now, me look, looking at it, um, you know, and I could be in there, but looking at it from um, my perspective, I'm thinking. When it's saying that they went into Asia, this is speaking about, again, something different. Um, Of course, Asia could symbolize that region. Um, Of course, Asia, but also the Middle East and even Africa. All of these things were considered Oriental culture for the longest and described as Oriental culture up until the 1950s and 60s. And then still today, you have um, um, departments and universities that are um, over Oriental studies. And when they say Oriental, they're talking about Egypt and all that. They're talking about Morocco. They're talking about all of these places in the landmass that we traditionally today call Africa. Okay, but Mesopotamia, which would be Iraq, the Middle East, which is where they traditionally say civilization started. 
it's talking about that too, but also I, I think it um when it says Asia, it's talking about something different because Asia, when you look at that from the Kabbalah perspective, which is that is the um occult um Hebrew or occult um Hebrew information or the occult perspective of looking at um the um Torah the scriptures right when you're looking at it from that perspective asia is earth it's the physical realm okay it's the entire physical realm and so if adam and eve this is why i say if adam and eve weren't really physical people like we think of today islam sister you worded it much better than i did jewish mysticism kabbalah okay so when you look at it from that perspective looking at it Occult just means hidden. So looking at it from that perspective, Asia is the physical realm. All right. So if Adam and Eve um, weren't purely physical, they were in unison with the higher selves, their vibratory rate hadn't slowed down enough for them to just purely be physical. And they were still in unison with the creator. But as time went by, especially with the next generations getting further and further from that connection, getting more ingrained into the physical body, right? They went into Asia. So that's what I see. They went into Asia. Not looking at it, you know, just the the physical places, right? Asia is the last of the four spiritual worlds of the Kabbalah. All right? This is, some people would say this is hell, but this is the physical, right? The third dimension, (laughs) right? The, the meat bodies, where everybody's in these meat bodies, where it's kill or be killed. Even the plants, you got the Venus flytrap, they catch and eat flies and other animals, right? It's, it's kill or be killed, right? And um, that's the physical realm. That's Asia. They went into Asia. Um, that's really all that I have to share. Oh, um, about those those questions though if anyone else has anything you would like to uh share demonstrate or any questions feel free to speak i yield the floor All right, Islam, sister, uh, feel free to ask your question. Um, even if it's not related to the questionnaire, that's uh, we just we'll open the floor to questions. Period. Okay, yeah, Islam. Um, so the question is, do you think Kabbalah came out of the Caucasus Mountains? Um, you know, that's a good question. I'm, you know, honestly, I'm not sure what came out of the Caucasus Mountains, like as far as spirituality is concerned, right? Because if you look at like the, the scriptures that, you know, became the Torah or the new uh, first Testament, that wasn't really delivered to the, the people in that region at that point in time right those scriptures for the most part they were dealing with people in palestine um in places like in north africa 
And so the, the prophets at that time, right, Abraham and, and uh, Moses and these people were, you know, the people that they were um, giving this message to, they weren't in, you know, in um, North Europe. Right, I think they adopted that later on, right? They, you know, much later on is their official religion. So I think that especially the mysticism part, right? This, um, they learned that much, much later on, like recently, you know, they began to study that and, and um, gain understanding on it in the 18, maybe you could say 1700s and really get real um, understanding on it later on in the 20th century. But um, they definitely didn't create it, and it wasn't brought to them at first. I'm not going to say that they didn't; they don't get a prophet, because the Quran says that all people get a prophet. It comes from amongst them and speaking their language. But I just I don't know what spirituality, what what they have, what you know came out of that region, and not to disrespect those people. Just saying, uh, no, no, I don't think it came out of there. Right, I think like you know, um, Kabbalah came out originally of the area that, that that we would be referring to as Asia, right? The Middle East and North Africa, Islam. All right. Um, does anyone else have any questions or anything you would like to demonstrate on? Islam. Okay. All right. Islam, brother Jackson Bay, I see. I yield the floor. All right. Jackson Bay and then We'll hand it back to uh, uh, to you, Mecca L. All right, I yield the floor. Peace, Islam. I was just um, I was just wondering, just to throw just to throw a theory out. Um, you know how people um begin not it's it's discussions of what kind of faith Islam is. Like, is it the faith of Muhammad? Which we know it is the faith of Muhammad. But we know he founded the uniting of it, right? And really, this is Abraham's faith. Some people be like, nah, this is Abraham came out with the faith. But my whole thing is in the Bible, uh, Abraham, I think he got taught by a person named Melchizedek, the king of Salem. And Salem means peace, right? So, like, can we say that Islam, does Islam get its name from Melchizedek because because Abraham learned it? in Salem, in the Bible. I'm just throwing that out there. I don't know. Islam. You're not. you muted. Oh, <laughs> gratitude, brother, gratitude. So, yeah, I I want to share this. I found what I was trying to share earlier, and um, it actually hits on what you were talking about too with Salam. So, um, you know, I was trying to explain earlier with the the holy breath, right? The 
this is how Allah incarnates within his own creation through the holy breath. Okay, um, just once again, reading from Dr. Wesley Muhammad's book, Ancient um, Egyptian Sacred Science and Islam, right? He's showing the connection, right? It says Mesopotamian Salamu, Salam, Salamu meant cult image, right? Adam was created to be the living statue of the deity, the deity's very presence on earth. Okay, and this is actually what it says in the Bible, also what it says in the Quran. Um, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says, can only be understood against the background of an ancient Yahweh statue. Here the terms Salamu and DMWT are used as synonyms denoting statue. Humans are thus created to be the living statues of the deity. The ritual of vivifying the cult statue was transferred to man in Genesis 2. There was no further need of a divine image because humans represented Yahweh as a statue would have done. Right. So saying just before this, um, people who, who had gone away from this understanding of Yahweh being within them, the creator, Allah being within them. Right. They're creating statues to incarnate this, creating graven images. Right. But when Allah created man out of, you know, clay, creating this statue and then breathing his own presence into it. Right. To be his what? His Khalifa on earth. Right. This is what it says in Surah 2, Ayat 30. Right. To create us to be his, his Khalifa, his, his successor, his vice regent on earth. Just going back into this, the Mesopotamian Salamu, like the Egyptian and ancient Near Eastern cult image generally, was distinguished by its ambivalent, ambivalent God, not God, identity. While the statue is distinguished from the God whom it represents, it is also identified with and treated as the God itself. The reason is that the ancient Near Eastern cult statue was not only a representative replica of the God, it was also the dwelling place of that God's spirit, the essence, the Ba. As Zainab Bahrani puts it, the statue was not considered to be to resemble an original reality that was pre present elsewhere, but to contain that reality in itself. All right, it, it signified the living incarnation of the represented person, which is the deity. The Salamu or cult statue was the very body of the God on earth in which his, her divine spirit essence incarnated. The cult statue of a God is the actual body in which that deity dwells. The statue was the deity's outer form, its external habitation. Okay. And um, I'm not going to read this whole thing. Very interesting. I, I would advise um, getting this book or at least checking out that PDF. You, you can find that online. But just given an understanding of how, um, <coughs> excuse me, the ancient Egyptian practice and understanding was connected to Islam, or it was originally was. This is what the prophet returned us to. Okay, so even with this understanding of the holy breath, right? And, and with this being how Allah incarnates within us, are we the creator of the universe? No, we're but a portion but a speck of it, right? But it desired at some level to experience its own creation. 
And that is why the scriptures say that it rested after it created this, this realm. But it never says it woke up because it's, it's unfinished. It's on us to wake up now, to come to this understanding. And on that note, I yield the floor. Um, there was another question about nationality. Um, I yield the floor. Feel free to ask your question. Yeah, you can hear me. Islam, we can hear you. Yeah, all right. I had a question about nationality because um, I'm from Jamaica and I got a green card and I wanted to change my nationality to the Moorish nationality. Um, I'm not quite sure if that process could work since I'm from another region. Okay, so um, at this point in time, right, where we're at, we're in the beginning yeah. stages of reestablishing ourselves re and, and building our communities. And then eventually being able to govern ourselves and having our own state. You understand? So right yeah. now we wouldn't be able to do anything as far as like, um, you know, nationality, <laughs> you know, you would, you would have to um, apply for, American citizenship. Okay. I you got you. We're, we're not at that state. Like, that's not realistic. But you know, you're, you're more Jamaican. Like, you, you, you have a nationality. If, if you wanted to get citizenship here, you, you could go through that process. But, like, as far as anything else, though, I mean, spiritually and everything, you, you're Asiatic. You can, you know, join the temple and um, build with us. But, you know, we wouldn't have the power, you know, to you know, to give you citizenship or something like that. We're not there yet. Okay, I understand, brother, definitely. Gratitude. All right, yeah, glad I could help out, brother. So, yeah, just, you know, being all the way real. Like, we at square one. <laughs> you know, we don't even have one town, you know, so. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> yes, I got you. Yeah. Word. Yeah, because I'm, um, I'm quite acquainted with, the knowledge, you know what I mean? So I've been doing my research and stuff, but I'm, I was just curious about the nationality part because I'm good. I, um, I do my research when it comes to the history and the, and the mystery, you know what I mean? And the law. But I'm, that's why I asked about the nationality thing, you know what I mean? I know I'm, the, I'm a Moorish Jamaican, yeah. but because I live here, I wanted to find out if it would be um, some sort of difficulty you know, but now I understand. <clears throat> yeah, and it's like you here, so you already know like what I'm saying is true. Like we we don't have it like that. Like <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not like yeah, yeah, we're not there yet. So um yeah, you 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 just you know apply for citizenship, you know, and, and just you know keep keep working with us. And um I mean, you know, eventually, like you know, hopefully uh we'll be at that state where we can yeah. you know build something even greater. Yeah, maybe not. even um, you know, help take this to Jamaica as well, and 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 um, other places in the Caribbean. Yeah, most definitely, and that's what I'm doing right now. I'll be doing a little lecturing, you know, 
informing people about the mysteries, the, the histories and, you know, raw and stuff like that. So I definitely understand what you're saying, brother. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, we, we're waking up, you know, and starting to realize this. And now we, we also have to do the physical labor to catch up so that we, you know, we can be like everybody else, you know, that has, has their own government, their own, you know, have every, you know, everything that they need growing their own food and all that. So we, we got a, we got a lot of work to do, man. Yeah. I want to ask one more question. Um, Based on what took place from ancient time till now, right. I wanted to know if this is some sort of prophecy, right? Where you was at high one time that you felt you, now you at low and you're supposed to rise again to get back up to the high. Kids, based on the um, research I do and I study the mystery, it speak about this divine, divine prophecy from the great mother, you know what I mean? And the prophecy goes like that one time we were spiritual beings and um, then the vibratory rate fell and we became physical. You know what I mean, and we became more human and human. And, you know, this is a, like a divine process that we got to go through in order to reach the adulthood of transformation. All right, Islam. So yeah, definitely it's been prophesied in um, Genesis 15, 13. It says, and he said unto Abraham, Abram, um, no, no surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs and shall serve them and they shall afflict them for 400 years. Okay. Yeah. Your, your descendants, speaking to Abraham, your descendants will live as outsiders in a land that's not theirs. They'll be enslaved and beaten down for 400 years. Then I'll punish their slave masters. Your offspring will march out of there loaded with plunder. Okay. Yeah. So this is this has been um, prophesized and um, even spoken about, even at the state level, like within um, the representatives here in government. Um, they when they speak about um, reparations, they speak about the year of jubilee. This is how they talk about us. They're talking about the so-called African Americans. So it's. I mean, it's not a secret. And it's crazy because it's like, why are they, you know, governors and people in here, you know, senators and congressmen in here talking about us like that? This is how they talk about us because it's known. It's it's um it's true. It is true. But unfortunately, like if we don't self-determine who we are, like I'm not gonna tell somebody who's a Hebrew is like, oh, you're wrong. You gotta get with us, you gotta claim more. Hey, hey, that's gonna clean you up and get you straight. You're good. I'm not coming at them like that because that's gonna push them away anyway. I ain't doing that. It's like you good, you know, but this is what we're doing to reconnect ourselves to our forefathers and foremothers because what does it say in our holy Quran? What does it say in the Bible? That we suffer, right? That we're cursed because we forsake our own foremothers forefathers we strayed after the religions of of our others and that's why we suffer and that's what our prophet says and even the sim symbolism with the prophet the symbolism with the circle seven quran he's he's basically got the seven seals 
the way that he stands, everything that he's doing is fulfilling all of these prophecies. And these are signs and symbols for those that understand them to know what's really going on. So there's people who's not even with, you know, of our bloodline who recognize it and respect it and know that this is real. And we the only ones that don't. And it's, it's mainly because of itself hatred and ignorance is because the prophet is dark-skinned and they don't want to respect somebody that looks like them you know at the end of the day that's what it is it's so you know i don't want to call people names but you know they just hate themselves so much you know they don't want to listen because you know prophet and european at the end of the day but it's all prophesized and it's you know not saying that nobody else is important but it's all speaking about us and it's known, you know, but they're going to keep kicking the can down the road as far as they can, because as long as we're their pets, their pet Negroes or whatever we call ourselves now, we don't get nothing. We only get what they give us by the grace of their good nature, <laughs> you know, so there ain't no telling what they're going to give us when they're going to give it to us. We, we have to stand up and, and, and be a nation and not be scared to to define ourselves and to stand on our own you know worried what they're gonna do to you if you like they can't stop us they can't and it's even now international law with the uh, united nations the undrip like where all indigenous people have the right of self-determination and to not be infringed on by anyone else so we don't need the white expert to come and tell you, oh, well, technically you can't be the Moors, blah, blah. That's like, get on somewhere. You technically, you can't say that. And if you keep talking, you wind up losing your job and everything that you have because you can't impose colonialism on me and say that I have to go by that, right? We have our own profit and you can't say anything about that. You can't touch religion, stay away, you know? You're going you're gonna to lose everything if you try to talk about this. They got Everybody need to watch their mouth, you know, not because we're going to do nothing to them, just because you can't impend on our ability to determine who we are and you can't dictate other people's religion. You know, from our perspective, our religion, we we are called to get out here and, and start businesses because our prophet said that, you know, economics are important, that that we can't even um, achieve our full capacity if we don't have, if um, you know, if we don't take care of our economic needs. So that's important. We have to teach ourselves. We need our own schools, right? We have to have our own land and all of that. That's a part of our religion. So, you know, nobody can touch that. And um, all of this was prophesied. It's time. Islam. All right. Um, are there are there any other questions, or does anybody else have anything they like to demonstrate? Okay. So I say this, um, just um, as we go into the closing um, from chapter forty six in our Quran, um, verse eight. Just it's time for us to worship under our own vine and fig tree, right? The lamb is the poor people. The lion is the rulers and the rich. And through love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice, all men are one 
and equal to seek their own destiny and to worship under their own vine and fig tree after the principles of the holy and divine laws of their forefathers, right? Not anyone else's. And, and what your ancient forefathers were, you are today without doubt or contradiction. Okay, that's in chapter 47. So it doesn't matter what we've gone through to get to this point where we're, we don't know, we're trying to figure it out. No, it doesn't matter how far we are away from the people who built civilization. We're still them. Nobody can change that. You know, they can change things on paper, but that doesn't change who we are because there's no one who is able to change man from the descendant nature of his forefathers unless his power extends beyond the great universal creator, Allah himself. So people may have named themselves God. They may have given themselves this title, right? White, right? That means the the ruler. That means the governors, the rulers of the land, God. They can give themselves that title, but they can't change who we are. So we have to come into our own fold. We have to, as it says again in in chapter 47, um, the time has come when every nation must worship under its own vine and fig tree and every tongue must confess his own. Through sin and disobedience, every nation has suffered slavery due to the fact that they honored not the creed and principles of their forefathers. That is why the nationality of the Moors was taken away from them in 1774. That's why, because they honored not the principles of their mother and father and strayed after the gods of Europe of whom they know nothing doesn't even make sense for us to be going along with this right we have our own and our forefathers are the true and divine founders of the first religious creed for the redemption and salvation of mankind on earth and that's why therefore we're returning the church and christianity back to the european nations as it was prepared by their forefathers for their earthly salvation while we the moorish americans are returning to islam which was founded by our forefathers for our earthly and divine salvation. We have to do this. It can't be left out. And on that note, um, I yield the floor. Um, if anyone has any questions or anything to demonstrate on, oh, I see Brother uh, Jordan Bay, Islam. Peace and uh, happy holiday. Praise Allah. Um, I don't know if it was uh, spoken of before. Uh, I was a bit distracted for a few minutes, but the the human family is standing out to me, right? In, in uh, verse fifty seven, or line fifty seven, what have you? Whoever who who were Adam and Eve, they are the mothers and fathers of the human human family, Asiatics and Muslims. So, the human family is pretty much defined by Asiatics, Asiatics and Muslims, per se. Or is human family like deeper than just? Asiatics and Muslims, Islam. Okay, so, um, you know, it's saying that they are the mothers and fathers of the human family, and then it lists Asiatics and Muslims. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't take that and say that the other people who aren't Asiatics and Muslims aren't a part of the human family, because it doesn't specifically say that. It just specifies who we are. It says Asiatics and Muslims, right? Like, I, I wouldn't say that. I think that might be an error, you know, to, to insinuate that other people aren't human. I'm not saying that's what you were saying. I'm just saying, like, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that. But um, I think this is specifically, you know, it's talking about us. 
right? Let's just know the prophet is one of us. He's Moorish American. We're Moorish American, right? What's the modern name given to their children? Asiatics. But, um, you know, then one reason why it may say specifically we're the children of Adam and Eve is because the other members of the human family, the um, of people that we would traditionally call European descent, they're our children. Okay. Yep. And so, like you know, it's it's nothing bad about that, right? Like you you don't hate your children, you know, even if they've gone, you know, wayward, right? They being bad, they doing stuff out there in the streets. Like you don't hate them. You know, that's why we stand on love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice. Okay, but no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like insinuate anyone is not part of the human family. That's what they try to do to us. Well, they did it. (laughs) You know, they, they, they didn't really do it, but they removed us legally, you know, from a, you know, um, social perspective. I see you, sister Douglas L. Islam. Islam, first and foremost, I'd like to rise and give perfect praise for our Father God Allah. Honors to the Prophet Noble Drali. Honors to all Allah's prophets. Honors to all you Muslims in attendance. Um, I just wanted to get go back a little bit um, to kind of like explain a little bit of the breadcrumbs that Noble Drali, our Prophet, left for us because he told us without telling us because he wanted us to study self and find out for ourselves and that's kind of like what the prophets do they deliver that message to get the people back on the right path to understand the connection between who we are and our father god Allah Islam so if we look into the bible in Job 32 8 right um there's a spirit man the breath of the almighty that gives him understanding right and if we look up um, Adam and Eve, Adam was a prophet, right? So Adam had a job to do as a prophet, and that was to deliver a certain message, right? And Eve was his mate. And so together, you know, Adam and Eve had a job to do, right? So they both ate from the tree that they were told to stay away from okay but that wasn't a bad thing you know in in certain religions they teach us that things are bad to control our minds right to keep us yoked up in the dogma but when we look in both the quran and the bible and then we understand the teachings that noble Drali brought to us we can see that eating from the tree was just part of the plan okay and why is because Allah knew exactly what he had created and why so he he knows that man is a a spirit a soul and flesh right dipped in human flesh and that's like that's the holy trinity but allow one to experience life as this three-part man and so he wanted to see how we navigate through the waters of the open seas you know based on what we were made out of now we can look at the characteristics of the soul the flesh and the spirit 
and we can, after studying ourselves and studying these teachings, we have a better understanding of the descend, right? The purpose of the descend and who we are today in the world, Islam. And um, I'm just going to leave it at that because this is a journey for each and every one of us. It's very personal for each and every one of us because we all have our own assignments, but ultimately our assignment is to learn who we are and our connection to the most high Islam. I yield the floor. Um, peace. And I, I, I like, I like that, uh, build that reference too, because, um, like how, how, um, she she was talking about like uh, the metaphysical Bible and everything you know with symbology behind it too. That's like the feminine and masculine. You know you're going through your your changes within your mind. You know you're trying to sensitize your your reactions or you know control the lower self, higher self, lower self. But that's like the Trinity. You know in the combined. You know what I'm saying so metaphysically speaking, like that that kind of makes sense. Islam. Islam, gratitude, everybody for um, sharing. Um, does anyone else have anything they would like to demonstrate or any questions? All right, if not, uh, remember our covenant, the covenant of the great God Allah. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be longer upon the earth land, which the Lord thy God, Allah, hath given thee. Islam. And I want to announce without further ado, we're going into the closing of the meeting. Um, if you haven't done so already, make sure you go to our website, moorishamericans.com, and make a free profile on there. And as I um, say, every time uh, we will begin to use that website more in the future. So make sure you're on there, moorishamericans.com. You can make an account on there. And um, if you're looking at the screen, also you can um, pay your temple dues or send a donation to the temple on there. Just go into the top, go into the page for dues. You can send dues. And then you can also use the code or the button at the bottom to send a donation to our temple, Islam. And... Um, on that note, let's go ahead and close the meeting. All right. All meetings are to be open and closed promptly according to the circle seven in love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice. Everyone who is able to please rise and face the east for the closing prayer. Right, we stand facing the east with our heels together, feet at a 45-degree angle, holding up two fingers on the right and five on the left. You do not need to repeat after me. Allah, bind our hearts and minds back to our ancient forefathers, divine creed and principles. We ask this in thy holy name and the seven Elohim. Amen. Islam, Islam, Islamism. This meeting is now adjourned. Peace and love, Morris. Peace and love, Happy Sunday, Muslims.